My name's Kendra Houseman from Out of the Shadows, and you're about to listen to a series of interviews that took place over nine months. I want to know what life would be like for a child that had been through domestic abuse, parental mental health, poverty, and exploitation, to name a few. What would happen if we created a team, an army almost, to support that child? 28 people were interviewed, all with the same question in mind. What could have been different for child B? You're about to listen to Blondie's People. So follow us on our journey where I will speak to everyone from George the Poet to some of my good friends as we discover what it takes to become one of Blondie's people. Within these episodes, you will find answers, you will find guidance, and most of all, you will find an insight to a world that many do not know. There's a trigger warning for some of these episodes, and some of them are not child-friendly. We're going to talk about things that are very, very raw and real. So kick back and get ready for a journey, a journey you will not forget. Welcome to Blondie's People. Welcome to episode four of Blondie's People. And today we're going to speak to Paul McKenzie, ex-gang member from London. We're going to talk about a range of subjects, mostly about how dangerous it is out there for our young people and the changes that he's trying to make with his ideas and innovation to make the society a better place for our young people. Uh, me and Paul are, are great friends, so get ready for a lot of laughs as well as some very serious topics. Let's go, let's go. Okay, so I'll say the same question to everyone. Who are you and what are you doing here? Okay, who am I? That, that is a, I love questions like that because they are so, they make you think about yourself because the, the thing about life is that you, you, and you know this, you go through life and you just do the day-to-days and you try and be a light worker and you try and do the best you can around people. And, and, and most of the time, people have great opinions about you, but you don't have them about yourself. You don't see it in yourself. I think it's, um, uh, what's that thing called? Um, I'll get back to it. I think it's, it, it's the, oh, I'll get back to it. But there's a, there's a syndrome that um, a lot of people have and they don't realize how good they are. And, and because they don't externally or internally check enough, they, they kind of yeah, miss yeah. The, whole, the whole loop. Let me just turn sound up. And so for me, who I am is, is kind of like, um, I always say, when people say, who are you? I say, I'm just the humblest guy you know. You know, I don't, I don't ask people for much help. I like to offer help. Because I think that us as humans, kind of, we've, we kind of ignore that thing about reaching out. Yeah. And, and asking for help. So I kind of fill that gap where with the young people, and I also work with a lot of adults who uh, were either those young people or the parents of those young people. And so you kind of get this idea that it's not just young people that need help. It's that we, we're almost repairing uh, mankind. Yeah. And, and, and it fascinates me. And it fascinates me because I... You know, when I started my journey, I started, I wanted to become a professional public speaker. So I do, I still do a lot of speaking, but I really wanted to be that guy that stood on stage and kind of motivated people and told them, this is what you need to do and come away to my retreat and I'll charge you 10,500 a time. And, you know, that guy there. And then it kind of sunk into this whole mending the community yeah. bit because the community don't have the money, but they need mending. And so it, I kind of went from life coaching to helping out somebody with this story. And that's why I started the whole soapbox thing. To give people, and the whole, to give people mm, 
a way of speaking. Yeah, to give them, you know, quite quite metaphorically that soapbox that they needed. Yeah. And it was a platform that would go out into the community and meet people, find out, because I believe everyone's got a story. They have. And that's, that's the fundamental. Everybody's got an amazing story and nobody asks people. So no, nobody says, who are you? So when, when somebody says to me, who are you? It, it always stumbles me because I've asked it so many times. Yeah. But nobody, this is one thing about helping people, you know, right? You can, you can help a community and then the very community that you help kind of negate to say, how you doing, Paul? Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. so that's why that question never comes back. Because you go out there, you help, 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 and nobody goes, how are you? No. Yeah. <laughs> and, they don't, and the thing is as well, right, so I've watched you, I know you for a long time. Um, mm. Anyone watching this video, and this is why I'm not going to delete it, I've just sat there and said that I see you as the daddy, the top, for, for me, you're the top one who talks about what it's really like in gangs. And you accept yeah. it, you're like, where's my box? What am I doing? What I'm doing? And, and, and yeah. that's very much you, no matter how much. That's I very much me, yeah. Yeah. And the fact is, is that we've come separately from a place that's quite dark to a lot of people. But we're yeah. both sitting here now laughing and you're still sidestepping. So when I say, who are you? Let's take it back. Where do you come from? Where do you come from, Paul? Like, so did you come I, from Surrey? Did you have a nice little Surrey house or did you come from Surrey? <laughs> I, was, I was born and bred in Totty, Tottenham. Born and bred in Tottenham. Uh, walked those Tottenham streets most of my life. In fact, Tottenham's a really weird place because a lot of people say, oh, Tottenham's a shithole. Uh, but it's, it, when, you, when you grow up there, you, you become accustomed to all its quirks and yeah. all, all it, you know, those dodgy looking side roads to some, uh, your favourite roads. And the community kind of understands it. So I grew up in Tottenham and did most of my early days of dirt in Tottenham. Uh, and, and then got to a point where I said, okay, you know, this, the work that I'm doing is going to really focus around repairing unconsciously a lot of the stuff I did when I was young. And I think it's important that people take that responsibility on. Uh, and so, so when I say that, I don't say that loosely because I say that because I, I know a, a hell of a lot of people that work with young people or not. Or not. Yeah, so they, you know, oh, I'm a youth worker, I do this and that. Yeah, yeah. But when, it's like, for example, now we're in pandemic. Those same youth workers are doing keep fit videos. Okay. I'm going out there and I'm riding my bike up to their doorstep to make sure they're still home and still safe. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the difference. And so for me, the whole thing about doing this whole youth work in Tottenham and then, and then branching out and I ended up down your end there <laughs> in Dover with the whole grooming thing and the county lines yep. was just it, everything that I do kind of just, I wouldn't say I, I intentionally wanted to do that, no. even with the county lines. It was just that I met a boy and he told me that he was being groomed and then I was like, nope, we've got to stamp out grooming. How can I help? Uh, got the camera, you know, got the experience. How can I raise awareness so that more parents will understand exactly what grooming is? Because up, up to that point, people were like, no, yeah, children don't get groomed. Yeah, it's like... Lines ain't real. Yeah, they go to school and they come home with their own trainers. It's like, it's just <laughs> what children do. But it's not. Because after I did a couple of videos on it, it was like I had hundreds of parents 
bringing me up saying, thank God you did that. You saved my son's life. You know, I noticed these things, but I never quite knew what was going on. But now I know what's going on. So it's things like that, that you, it, it kind of propels you to do what you do and then you do more and then you go deeper. Like I said, I've done a lot of work with Scotland Yard now. And I'm kind of the guy that I'll do it and you may see me post a picture and say, but I'm not the guy that says, oh, I was at Scotland Yard and I'm going to change the world. And No, I'm, I'm the guy that says I went to Scotland Yard, I fumbled around, tried to find my selfie box like I did with you, uh, <laughs> kept it real and told them what I thought was a solution. And most of the times it was a solution. Most of the times they took on board what I said. Recently I was there talking about children with special needs and county lines. Yep. And again, up until that point, it wasn't really a thing where, you know, your son or your daughter who has special needs could be groomed really yeah. easily. People don't uh, People don't, you know, you realize how big that rug is. And so when you say to somebody, you know, they're grooming children in this area and people go, oh, there's my rug again. <laughs> and they sweep it under the rug and they go, well, yeah. And, yeah. yeah, until it knocks my door, I don't want to know. And then more often than not, it knocks the door. And they ring up and say, Paul, it's not the door. And I say to them, you know, when, when I tried, to, when I had the time to come and see you, when I had the time to work with your child, you told me that he wasn't being groomed. Yeah. And I told you he was. I faced that all the time. Yeah. You know what's mad as well? Like, I don't know about for you, but this is what I do. I don't mean to, mm. but the work mm. I do is like therapy on myself, trying to, trying yeah. to the stuff that I've done in the past that I'm not proud of or, or whatever. The stuff I've yeah. done in the past, it feels like I'm constantly on a mission subconsciously because i'm not really doing that to try and make yeah. sure no kid ever goes through them same kind of um, trials and errors do you see what i'm saying yeah, 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 yeah. And that's, that's exactly what yeah yeah and that's what i see i've always seen in you because yeah that's exactly what yeah well your name has been mentioned throughout my life in different ways i always knew who who you were good yeah. And it feels like we're out there trying to make a change. And there's people that could go out there and make a change and they don't want us. They're like, no, you don't, you're not good. You're not <laughs> <I've> good. <laughs> don't, don't, don't go down that route. Don't get me started there because all I can say is there's a shitload of people that get a shitload of money every year and do a shitload <laughs> of nothing. And, and, and they will even show you the paperwork to say, look, we've done nothing. <laughs> And then they'll say, when's the next funding due? And then you get people out there who I call grassroots organizations. And those are the people, I, when I cycle, I always go and look for them. I always go yeah. see how they are, check in with them, share knowledge. And those are the people that really do understand the community. Yeah. They understand, you know, that group of, I'll give you an example. When we were finishing, um, William, when we were finishing the film. We'll come, yeah, back, to we, that. We'll come back to William. Yeah, so we had a couple of scenes to do, and one of the scenes I had to drive out, I remember it was just at the beginning of COVID, you know, the pandemic, and I was like, oh my God, but we got to finish this, and I was like, mask, <laughs> gloves, and camera. So Joven, Joven, um, you loved William, it. I, I did love it, I did yeah. love it. So there, there was something really sort of macabre and scary about it, because you know me, I feel, I'm like a, I feel like a superhero sometimes, I'm like, I've got to put my cape on and go. And so on the way, so as we're filming this shot, we see like 20 guys come around the corner in black hoods and stuff. <clears throat> and 
they start running towards us. And as they're running towards us, like the one in front starts slowing down and he goes, yo, sir. <laughs> and the rest of the class were like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> they were ready to run. And he was like... And, yeah, and I was like, and, and I, I could see, and, I, and then it was almost like I could see through the mask and I was like, oh, are you cool? And then gave him a hug and the rest of the class were like, yeah. really? Because we normally run. Yeah. And I said, hang on a minute, you must. So there's like countless, countless instances like that yeah. where because of what I do and because of, you know, some of the, some of the people in the films that I make, I, I was mentoring them at six years old. I was working in this when I was working in primary school. So I deliberately didn't, I never stopped mentoring them. No. So it was always a case of me saying, okay, when I start doing these films, who can I first reach out to, to extend that mentoring? To show so when we, a way to you, go, a better way to go, yeah. Yeah, so, because for a lot of people, mentoring kind of starts at nine and ends at five o'clock. After that, it's like, you know I mean? Fuck you, I'm in Sainsbury's. But that's when I get my calls. I'm like, oh, you know. Yeah. My job isn't a job, it's just who I am. I don't have a job. I safeguard children. It's just what I do. That can be it's any time what... of the day or night. Like, that's what I do. I can't be nothing. Yeah. And and nothing's like nothing's going to stop you, is it? No, nothing. There you go. But most people, the pandemic stopped them. <laughs> like, oh, stop. Let me just sit down. Let me just... Yeah, yeah. Let me see if the government will pay me. Anyway, let's not go down there. That's dangerous grounds. That's dangerous grounds. So what I'm hearing is when I'm asking who you are, you're somebody who's come from a very similar background to me, but a very similar background to lots of people who are trying to make better, who are yeah. not trying to leave their community, they're trying to better their community. You know, and that's what just trying to empower, empower the community. Empower. Uh, against against all odds, let's say. So it's kind of like it's, it's a challenge, but I think it's a challenge that, you know, who's it? Somebody said it to me the other day. Um, I was listening to one of his motivational speakers and he said, it only takes one person to change your world. Yeah, yeah. And, and when he said it, it was like, yeah. Because so it only takes one person to change. Once you change your world, people see that you've changed your world. That's right. And it becomes infectious. I think, I wish that if I had known you, you Paul now, and I'd been a young person, I know that you would have done your best to not save me, no one could save me, but you would have done your best to make me my best self. You would Absolutely. have passed all that. Um, yeah. We will talk about it. So there's a young lady that we both know that we both have tried to work with, and mm. she comes from a very, very dark place. And just writing a script for you, just doing that, yeah. you suddenly realized actually, you know, she ain't yeah, and she suddenly read, yeah, she was like, oh, hang on a minute, I ain't got to be involved in gangs at all. I can do yeah. else and it's still be yeah. okay. And, yeah. and I've seen the kids that you've worked with or not worked with. I've seen the, the films that you've made. And you know what's in love? Yeah. You've come from these videos of these, of these boys talking about their, their past and their future to these yeah. full-blown movies. You're coming like Steve Ford, <laughs> mate. Like, you're... <laughs> <laughs> so tell me... Tell me about your, your film that's coming out. So the film, the film that's coming out on the 31st, this feels like one of those uh, uh, Jonathan Ross interviews. Um, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> let me fix myself. This ain't no right, so, thing. This is proper now. Like, I've moved on. Like, 
Tell me about your film, Paul. Yeah, so, so this this film that's coming out on the thirty first is yeah. called William, and it's a uh, it's it's all about uh, obviously William, uh, who is a he's the boy I used to mentor, and that's his real name. And so we came up with this concept of telling this story of a boy that's being groomed and how he gets out of it. No. So yeah, so it starts off. Um, not with the obvious stuff. There's no sign of drugs in it. There's no sign of weapons in it for the obvious reasons. Because I, I don't believe that you need to show those things to people to appreciate your work. Uh, so many film uh, makers believe that they need to show the knives, the guns, and the you know that we know the backstory. Yeah. So let's just jump straight in where the pressure is already on. So that's where the film starts. It jumps straight in there, and it's it's about. Like I said, William's journey through this grooming process. And fortunately, really, really fortunately, we had the opportunity, like I said, to film during COVID. Yeah. So, so a lot of young people during COVID, yeah. So we got some really powerful scenes of masks, and, you know. And, and, but a lot of young children, a lot of young people during this COVID period are still being groomed. People are saying they're not. They're saying, I've seen police reports and stuff like that to say, oh, it's, it's decreasing. Yeah, of course you would. Well, of course you would. You yeah, because it take yeah, it takes the focus off of um, everything yeah. else they want to drum into. And and I know personally that it's still on the increase. And what what's gonna happen is is when we get through this lockdown, okay, you're gonna see a massive spike. Agree. Because you've got to understand that a lot of people were not fully able to be as fully active as they wanted to be. Yeah. So there's a lot of catching up to do. Yeah. The, the county lines, if that's what I want to call it, I hate calling it county lines, but that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, but you know, going country, yeah, going yeah. country is about to go mental, soon as this sort of, oh, nobody's it's going to go crazy, thank you, people, they've got money to make, people are accumulating debts as we speak, because they can't make the quota, so you know, but the people <laughs> out there, they're like, county lines is decreasing, because the trains ain't running, you're like, fam, I know, you're like, oh, right, okay, really, buy that one, buy that one, yeah, oh. but, but we like we like narrative like that though. Yeah, yeah. Because it makes us feel comfortable. We like we also like narrative like um, uh, if we stay in long enough, we'll survive. Yeah, I hate we it. love. Yeah, we love all of that, don't we? So we love the fact that. Uh, yeah, we love we love feeling safe. Our children are here. I can see him. Uh, we love all of that. So any narrative that supports that is always going to be a great narrative. Yeah, but the dark side of it is is that you have children who just before the pandemic were in drug debts had just gone and picked up got their food yeah and had to like sit lots of it yeah what where what? are they now exactly because people well, still want their money people, people still want them they don't know what the, the um the the top boys haven't gone into lockdown they don't care you know mm. when i was young something happened but i'd lost this money i'd lost this yeah. money. The, you know the drugs had been taken and i tried yeah. to Explain that to my de to 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 my older. I tried to explain to my older who I thought was my friend, and he just looked at my face. Yeah. This is a business, Blondie. This is a business. Don't you? I'm not your friend. <laughs> Do you understand? Yeah. yeah. And so I know these young these young people right now are sitting there. Also, the price of drugs will just get higher and higher because people are starting yeah. to get hungry. You know, people are hungry. So, so the media the media is not telling you. You know, I was standing behind this guy in um, the petrol station last night. Yes, I was out. Who cares? How dare you? Um, naughty. I was out. Um, 
longer than the hour. And I was standing behind this guy and, and he was having this argument with the guy in the petrol station. He was like, how on earth can a, a packet of Rizzler be 275? And I was like, excuse me? Has it got that bad? When you said that, I see my face, I was like, <laughs> and, then, and there were like several people behind me going, really? Everyone's on that. <laughs> and, there was this, and there was this really cheeky uh, uh, Jewish man at, uh, at the end, and he says, uh, Well, you must roll bigger joints. <laughs> so wow. I, said, I said, This is comedy. This is absolutely funny. But yeah. that's just a reflection. You know, Rizzler is 275. Yeah, yeah. So, how much is a draw? You know what I'm saying? I, I asked some young people I work with, because I'm still communicating people, and I'm asking mm. if, if a £10 draw has gone up. And um, the boy I spoke to just said, Miss, are you being serious? You can't even get a £10 draw unless you go searching for it. And that's the truth of it. Our, our young you people yeah. are going to look further. i tell you what was funny. The first three days, four or five days of pandemic, I was going out and getting shopping. I didn't, I didn't go, like, go crazy, but I was getting bits and pieces. I was going out early in the morning. I'll tell you who was out? Crackers. I was going yeah. to and I live in a nice area, right? There was no one out. Yeah. There were crackheads walking around. Them. And they weren't getting fresh air, bro. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, they were going somewhere. Just walking really fast. Do you know what? <laughs> What's so, you go out now, you go out now and you see like um, uh, the sane, the sane population. Yeah. 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 Everybody that knows better is wearing masks and gloves. And then you, you come out of a shop and your mask, your gloves, everybody else. And then you look and there's like a beggar there and he's like, yeah. he's just, and he actually looks quite well. Yeah, <laughs> and you think to yourself. Dressed like this. <laughs> you think to yourself, do you know something that? <laughs> yeah, just, just give me your money, give me your money. <laughs> Which is kind of what's going Anyway, let's not go down there. So, do you, so your film that's going to come out, not only is it going to be authentic, it's going to be doubly authentic because it's in pandemic, so you're going to have your masked up people, but it's also going to talk about this grooming process that is still going on. Absolutely. And it's going to actually, it actually addresses. Yeah. It actually, it actually addresses. Because I, I don't think, I mean, we, we speak so loosely about um, education around grooming and county lines and all that. And you always get the professionals that go in and they, you know, they're so far removed from the reality of it mm -hmm. because they always say, oh, you know, county lines have been going on for 12 years. No, no, no. We know that, yeah? yeah. But it's changed. It's yeah. changed. It's evolved now into more of a, you know, I grew up and there were one or two boys in the neighborhood that used to go, they used to vanish for two weeks, come back with a bit of money. Now it's like children are being actually forced to do it. And that's the difference. Yeah. I mean, when I was younger, I was forced to go country. It was never called that, but, um, well, so it was, go, it was called go country. I was told to go country. I went from London to Margate, where I live now. And I got yeah. But there was only two main boys that were countrymen. So they were yeah. ones that were your countrymen, but every now and then I yeah. was to go and, and, and whatever that was. Where now, it's norm. Um, oh, no. country. Now it's like, now it's, now it's so, it, it's so, um, it, it's so cool to even say it. Oh my god! You know, yeah. that's that's the thing. And, and I sit in a classroom and I go, "Does anyone know about grooming?" They go, "What go going country?" What? And, and OT OT. Yeah, and and when they say it, you look at them and you can see that 
it's, it's such a cool thing yeah. because obviously because they don't know the dangers of it mm-hmm. now because we live in a society where you have artists that are paid to sing about these things mm-hmm. they earn lots of money to yeah. sing about and perpetuate it you're always going to have these problems where you have somebody who's never experienced the the impact of going cunch yeah, yeah or never never in fact experienced the impact of being in debt to a drug dealer thinking that it's the coolest thing to do. When I talk to young people, I try and talk to them about the reality. I'm going to say from my own experience, um, going the couple of times I did go and being in debt was the most yeah. scariest time of my life. Um, at the time, oh, yeah. I paid it off. But I don't know if you, I don't know for both of us, that fear of knowing that they may come to your door or you've got to step out there and there's no adult, there's no one to go and tell. You can't say, oh, I'm going to go and tell. It's yes. difficult. Yes. Until yeah. you see that, until the until people know what that feels like, that heart and something could happen tonight. I don't think people yeah. will, will truly get it. They they don't understand. And some people, some people, we're talking years. This can go on. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking. You know, some people think, oh yeah, you get out of debt and it's all like, no, it's not. You 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 might go to pay the debt and it's doubled. So at no what rules, point? There's no rules. There's no, rules. <laughs> there's no contract. So at what point are you? left feeling safe because you've now repaid the debt. And the more and more young people that are groomed nowadays, it's not even about going countries, it's about getting you into debt. Because that's what it is. Quick, that quick debt bondage of what? Yeah. How can I make you owe me? Do you know what I'm saying? There you go. And now, now I can sit back on my laurels and know that you're out there trying to make my money from me. Yeah. And that is all, that's all back down to fear. That's all back down to education because when I did that video about the chicken shop grooming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought to myself, okay, and I brought it to the schools in Tottenham and they were like, oh, it doesn't exist here. And I'm like, but there's dealers on the corner here. And they're right. like, oh, you know, we're not, we're not gonna show it to our children. Until some of the parents started ringing me and stuff, well, I'm gonna put it online, yeah? yeah? And then some of the parents started ringing me saying, oh my God, I saw your video and I, you know, I spoke to my ch- my son and he knows all about it and da, da, da. And then the school started calling me and I was like, I'm not coming in. No, no, no. Unless you pay, I'm not coming in. I, I tried to, but we are talking about three years after. Yeah. So if you can imagine those children that were groomed in that time. Yeah. Hundreds of them, hundreds of them. But again, that's that's where we are with this whole awareness thing. Is that sometimes people, you know, especially schools, they don't want to know. When I was a drug worker, uh, I used to go into schools and like bring in mock, you know, like things that look like the drugs and big suitcase. And I went into a school and said, we don't have a problem here, not at all. But I managed to talk myself in because I could see there was dealing going on syringes on the floor. Got into this year six classroom and pulled out the case, you know, starting to say, okay, this is an hallucinogen, depressant, alcohol, cigarette. Pulls out this, this, you know, the bag of white talcum powder. And this boy, I could see him focused on it. And as he's focused on it, I'm saying to his teacher, you might want to speak to him afterwards, yeah, because he he wasn't shocked. He wasn't shocked. He was like, I, I know what that is, but I'm not saying. Mm-mm. So anyway, I go back to the school the Tuesday afterwards. Head teacher calls me in his office and says, just finished the police investigation because the boy brought in two and a half ounces of coke from his dad's shed. Year six. Year six boy. Brought it in, and it was actual coke. So... There was a massive police investigation. So my, my thing to the head teacher was like, and there's no problem here, right? <laughs> there isn't. 
I'm not all the schools I personally work with are very open to it, but they weren't. So, so no, they said five, six years ago, they were saying to me, there's no gang problem. And I was standing there watching out the corner of my eye, do you know what I mean? Watching the stuff that's going on, people shouting lemon on drop and, and, and nobody yeah. was knowing what it meant. So I think yeah. we're slowly catching up, but why people don't listen to us, the, the people that have lived it, I will never, well, people do listen to us, but why are we going to listen to us more? I don't, I don't know. Because we've become, we've become those nagging parents. Yeah. That's what it is, is that, do you, do you remember when we were young, it was like, oh, oh, I know best. And I remember looking at my dad saying, I, it's for all he said, I was like, yeah, but I know best. It's true. Until, oh, hold on. You all right? Yeah, it's, it's, giving, it's giving me a low battery. So this is gonna be one of those moments. I'm plugging in, I'm plugging in. So he was like, um, you know, he warned me of everything. I love my dad for it, but he was, he was very, he was very hard at doing it. For, you know, because he didn't believe in talking much. But you, so, knew, you knew better, so why, why are you going to listen to dad for, like? Yeah, I knew everything. I was like, you know, when I... I thought I, I knew everything, bro. <laughs> listen, till I got the first bird, right? I was like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first, the first, the first sentence in, I remember, the first, I remember the, when the first time I got arrested ever in my life and um, I got arrested. I remember sitting there like, well, where's my boys now? I just remember sitting there, they've won, they've left your, me. Your, your, like, boys, <laughs> your boys have gone. You're gone. You're... <laughs> like, I thought we were gang gang. No. No, 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 no. And I, I remember the first uh, time when I, went, when I got sentenced to six months. And one of the things that really made me change my life was like, literally, I remember. Because my mum had grown desensitised to my activities. She was like, no. <clears throat> so it went from, where are those policemen going when they were walking up the pathway? She was like, you know, that shock to, yeah, yeah. oh, it's your son. And it went from that to, oh, it's those policemen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That never worried me up until the point when I was sentenced. And then uh, I remember being in the cell, you know, inside the courtroom. And I remember thinking, okay, so when do I get to hug my mum? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, when we arranged visits from prison, I was like, what? And I remember her looking through the, the hole in the door and seeing her crying. And I remember saying to myself, that's it. That's it. <clears throat> that's it. That's it. That's it. You know, my mum passed at 50. Uh, my mum passed at 59. Um, yeah. Yesterday was the anniversary of her death. And I sat oh, yesterday wow. about all the things that I put that woman through. Yeah. Never judged me. Like, she had unconditional love, but it become normal. I remember once I run into the house, pulled my, my pillow, my cover over me. She come in the bedroom. I said, Mum, tell the police I've been here all night. And she did. And she, it wasn't even, she was just, she was tired, man. She just went out. Yes. I mean, they nicked me. They, they knew I hadn't been. I was covered in whatever. But she just went to the door and went, yeah, she's been home all night. Our, our parents get tired. And yes, parents do have a big part to play in chastising their children. But yeah, absolutely. Too. Like, my mum was tired a bit. Yeah. And, and your parents, your only parents. You just this, this, is, this is what a lot of people forget when they say, you know, oh, serious youth violence. It's them damn parents. Yes. Really? Really? Yeah. Really <laughs> you see some parents, they're the hardest parents. I've, I've, I've met with families where up until last Sunday when the boy was in church, they had no idea he was in a gang. The best one is single parent <clears throat> families create gangs. There you go. Because <laughs> they, they churn them out. 
There's gangs. Oh, I've had another, I've had another gang. Look, another gang member there. <laughs> Rubbish. They're starting early. Do you know what I mean? It's ridiculous. And I just think, that, yeah, a lot of pressure is put on parents. Okay. Hell of it. There's a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. Let's talk about foam. Oh, it's a bit exciting. Jeez. If you want to get on board, so I couldn't work it out. I'm like, this is brilliant. So come on, tell everyone. I ain't got no, that I ain't got no phone branding. Look at that. That's terrible. I ain't got no got phone no branding. branding there. That's what terrible. Who are you? What kind of, what kind of place is this, Paul? Go and find some branding. <laughs> All right. Uh, that, this is awful, right? Okay, Brown. This is, you, you forced me it's now. It's not to... like we haven't had seven hours to plan this interview. <laughs> but in those seven hours. Yes. I've done so many bits. Look at this, look. This look, this will shock you. Can you see that? Where's the camera on this? What's that? I haven't got that. Oh, the radio station. <sighs> start in the beginning. Just start. So right. you know what phone okay. is. Tell me. So phone. Hang on, I'll do my um Jonathan Ross. So Paul, tell me about phone. Oh well, <laughs> funny you should mention phone. I wasn't thinking about mentioning that. Uh, so phone, it's an amazing new, totally safeguarded social media platform that I've partly designed with my web designer partner, <laughs> if that's what I keep calling her that, but she's an amazing woman called Shirley Jackson. And she and myself have come up with this concept where we can have, because the, the, the challenge that every young person's facing, and even some adults, is social media can be quite an abusive place. Bad yeah, for some people, it's it's all and it's very addictive. It's very vindictive, and you for you to be lost in you there, you go. You can't take there you go. So when, once you put your profile out or your profile in, um, what happens is is that you're into this. You're in this cyberspace of yeah. uh, emotions, mm -hmm. and so we come up with this concept of building this social media platform, which is totally safeguarded which means that if you have, I'm trying to find an example here, right, okay, so you have a boy, and I was just speaking to a parent actually yesterday, her son's been harassed and bullied in school, and literally is happening online now in the absence of school. And then we're talking about 10, 12 emails a day, Snapchat, all of his platforms, right? And they've actually created a profile and started abusing somebody else in his name. So, so that, so, so things like that make us under, understand that social media is not a safe place for everybody. No. And, and, and what's happening on social media now is so many more, you know, the restrictions you have un, undesirables that troll social media and find vulnerable people. And, that, and obviously the whole grooming aspect of it. So it's a groom safe, safeguarded website, uh, social media platform, which means you can go on, you can have your chats, you can post your news, you know, so we your live news feed. We're going to go live soon so you can do live videos from there. You can also, this is a great thing. So for content creators who make short films who are alien to the whole YouTube manipulation thing. Okay. So, so they believe that, you know, we make short content. We are creatives. We must feed YouTube. No, you don't. That's your content. So we're teaching them on that platform that anything that you make in the way of content, you can monetize it. Okay. Yeah, because phone's now pay-per-view, right? Is it? Come on. So 
You just step it's, up again. I spoke to you yesterday and already you've developed the next thing already. You and should see you should see you, you should see the homepage now. Oh. So I'm constantly working on getting this thing ready. And I think that because we're in a pandemic now, in the lockdown now, I think it's a great time now. because uh, I spoke to a woman yesterday, they were in a Zoom meeting. This is why I don't generally use Zoom. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm an old Skyper, and I'm just about to launch a show on Skype and OBS. But they're in, it's a um, professionals meeting. So they're in this meeting, imagine this. So they're in this meeting, everybody logs in as, as whoever's been invited, and some people invited other people. And so they're 10 minutes into this meeting, all of a sudden, a child appears on the screen being raped. Three looked, they, they said look, she looked about three years old. Bloody hell. So somebody's got, so Zoom, for all they talk about this being the way forward, yeah, yeah. imagine you go on social media now and you see, the, you see the amount of parents sticking their children in front of Zoom. Yeah, yeah. Training this, doing that. Not one of my children. Not my children. No, we don't. Yeah. Do you understand? So, so they're in this professional's meeting and then this pornography pops up on the thing. And it's the worst type. Yeah. And literally, everybody in the meeting is traumatised. They're called the police. Oh, God, you ain't getting over that anytime. <clears throat> yeah. So on, on phone, that would never happen. Okay. Because it's a monitored website. It's, you know, we, 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 have, we, have, we have people trawling the site on purposely. What we're about to launch as well, this is, this is crazy. I know. <laughs> one, of the, one of the safeguarding aspects of it is, is I'm about to put this out to find 10 young people. Okay. It's a great challenge. Find 10 young people to register on the site, use the site for a week, and then we're going to actually put a member in there who tries to contact them. Okay. And you're going to monitor to see how easy that is. There you go. And then we're going to write a report on that. So, so those 10 people are going to go about, they're going to make friends, they're going to upload content. And this particular member is going to try and manipulate them in any way they can so at least we can get the live feedback yeah, and then of course they win points and stuff like that yeah so so i'm excited about that also on the platform well i've joined every time i've joined and i've uploaded You're joined. so people so adults can go in there and share anybody this anybody this will go on there will it will this go on there this will go yeah of course yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we shall steal it from zoom yeah and put it on <laughs> not that I know there's that not that we do that on phone no we don't no never but the uniqueness about phone is this so every time you go on and post something or comment on something okay or you earn points and those points are um, converted into pounds which we donate to charity so every time you use the site You've already got, I've been on your seat, you've already got, you've got a few points already. Have I? I need yeah. to go and check. And what, so what, can I choose any charity that I want? You choose any charity you want. And, and, and we convert that into pounds and send it to that charity. So, so in terms of it being a socially responsible place to be, you know that every time you are on there and you post, yeah. that you can, see your, you can see your points going up. That's and nice. so now, at the end of a year, or yeah. at the end of six months. And this is something you never get from another platform. No. Right? At the end of six months, you might have accrued 3,000 points. You can now say, what's the monetary equivalent to that? And then you can say, I want that to go to the Red Cross. Absolutely. Yeah. If people want to join Zoom, uh, join Zoom, join phone, how <laughs> would you need it? Not Zoom, never. 
How do they choose? Did you say how, how do you do it? What do you do? Well, it's a whole lot easier now. You go to, it's phone20.com. Yep. You go for a registration process. And this is one of the things that we've learned that people are so brainwashed into the conditioning offered by these major platforms that even the simplest things become an issue okay. when you're trying something new. Right. So they forget they so sometimes people forget that you did register on Facebook, you did register on Snapchat, you did, but because they're so conditioned, because you know these big flashing lights every day, you know, you're able to post your entire life. Um, the registration process was the challenge because you had to put in three pieces of information, which is now moved to two. Okay. So now the registration process is a whole lot easier. So I'm just, and we've just actually got a, a, a developer in, where is he? Amsterdam, who's going to be working on specifically the security on the back end. Okay. When will this be? So it's going to be. It needs to be in schools, don't it? Like. It, it, well, it's up and running now. And so we're, what, what we've done, we've got a lot of content on there already. Yeah. And so when the schools do go back, or just before the schools go back, they'll know what service uh, Foam offers, they can implement that in their schools. And a lot of schools are screaming out saying, you know, our young people are using social media in the wrong way. Yeah. Use it in the right way. Yeah. One of the perfect examples was, is because of that, because it's a lockdown platform, because it, it was the security of it, we recently secured, uh, I can't mention the name of the, the company, but they, they deal specifically with, with victims of domestic violence. Okay. Women, yeah. So we've literally just secured a, co <clears throat> a contract with them so they can now go on and communicate within that safe environment. Yeah. And that's something that's absolutely necessary because you know as well as I do, a victim of um, domestic violence, the first port of call for finding them is this. Yeah, yeah. This, your social media. Absolutely. So if, yeah, if an abuser wants to find you, he's going to find you on social media. Easily as well or he's going to harass your friends, somebody will tell him. And so on the on phone, you can't do that. Because really? each member, yeah, you can't do it, because each member is verified. Do you know what? We're pretty lucky that you don't use your superpowers for evil. Otherwise, I think the country... <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Can you imagine I'll be standing here? <laughs> Stroking a, a tiger. Yeah, pandemic, eh? Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> but you're absolutely right I, I often said because you know I grew up in an environment which was I was raised experiencing domestic violence every day I mean the worst kind <clears throat> and so but I made that choice I made that choice not to be a violent person do you know what I mean but all I knew was violence but I had to make that choice and say wow is that is that how relationships are going to be for me or not yep. and I chose or not and so every time my wife says, oh, I'm like, oh, you must be right. Leave me alone. You're talking too much. Uh, whereas I grew up in the environment where if that was that exact same thing was said, <laughs> it would be it was a, norm. a lot. It was a norm. I think that the years that are between us age wise, that mm. it was the norm that your mum, like, that's that DV took place and nobody really spoke about it. I can't remember. Well, nobody spoke about it. Nobody spoke about it. There wasn't. There was not the support that's there now. No. You know, domestic violence is on the increase, especially in lockdown. You're telling me, what, what, 
all I'm getting is D, you know, because people, even there wasn't DB before, people are locked up for a long period of time together. Stuff is starting to happen, and that's that. And, 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 and abuse against children. Oh. So you understand? So it's, yeah. it's, So even though we are worried about the virus, and one of the taglines of the film, William, yeah. is that there are many different vi viruses killing our communities. Oh, I like that. There are many different viruses. So this, you understand? So Lucky when we get rid of this one, hmm? You're a good superhero, I'm telling you. <laughs> I, I, um, Only when I put these on. Go and put them on. Put them on for the last question. No. Because <laughs> I, I can't see you. Right? It's like the screen. Of, uh, where are you? Kendra, where have you gone? See? Can't do it. <laughs> I, end, I end every interview by asking a question, and I know that you're going to go on a deep one. So let's see where we are ready. What have you learned about yourself during the lockdown? Oh, he goes, watching me go. <laughs> Do you see that? What is that? What is that? I've learnt that I use a hell of a lot of these. We had I've formed a really bad habit. Why am I connecting them? Earth is going on. Why is it there? Why have Wait. you been there? That's weird. That is weird, isn't it? You've been like <laughs> no, my I was idol make... for years, right? My whole for years you've been my idol, and now at seven thirty on the Sunday night, I've gone. Bruh. I know. <laughs> for the first time, you're like, "Yo, what's that, P?" But let me just clear it up. Let me clear it up. If when you're watching this video, let me clear it up because you're going to be watching this video thinking that was a really strange move. Uh, move the toilet rolls are. Yeah. Uh, because me and my son are making a project and we, we've yet to come up with what we're making, mm -hmm. but it involves 25 water bottles. Okay. Um, tubing and toilet roll. But you don't so, know No, because that's the challenge. So we're going to try and come up with something that can, I think, I, I think I, it, today he was saying something about, can't we make something that waters the flowers or something like that? Yeah. Collects, collects rainwater, yeah. So we're going to stick them all together with a bit of this. Come on, I've got my own stuff. Put <laughs> <laughs> everything in that little tiny room. I, do you know what? I've got like, oh my God, just in case they come for you. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> and of course, of course, I'm always prepared. I'm always prepared. Or Getaway car. Bruv, we won't need that. Paul, show them the mask. I'll put the mask. Oh, that. In case it goes off, in case you never know, you never know when you might need it. Shall I, shall I tell you the, the origin of this mask? Here? Yeah. You, you know, I'm a ranter, I'm gonna go on forever. <clears throat> so, that mask there, a couple of those masks there were used in the film we made towards the end of last year called Crippled Karma. Is that the one that Ella Wills was in? Was my Ella? Yes, yeah. that's the one, yeah. So, in that film, there, it's a really dark look at how. The mind interprets serious human violence, and I don't, did you did you see it? You haven't seen it, have you? I did see it. I didn't come to the premiere, but I did see it. You did, see, yeah. So in that, because it stars somebody who has cerebral palsy, who plays the victim, it's really a story about what goes on in the mind of a victim. Because when somebody's been attacked, even though they can't fight back, they have violent thoughts. Yeah. Because it's human nature. 
and and what they will do if they had the opportunity will be 10 times as worse yeah so it's all about a victim's dream and so that's actually coming out on phone first uh, of june ah. ah so i can put that in the link there you go so that's coming out we've got sick is coming out yeah and then we got william so that's three films have you got any more films planned yes i do. i've got a film as soon as as soon as i can leave the house in fact maybe even tonight i'll start filming it we got we're literally we're going to use william as a film we're going to use it as a bit of a fundraiser because i want to make a film about the dangers of social media abuse oh yeah so yeah so it's a really dark um story about somebody who on the out in the outside world very popular very stable very loved on social media but what goes on inside I so what you understand so what goes what goes on when the camera's down the the nobody around what happens yeah and so it's a very suicide i ain't gonna say too much no 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 okay okay do you know what i mean yeah it's yeah very yeah. dark and it, it hits the point i love i love films that just hit the point back it's just there it's a bit exciting. All the stuff that you always talk about is always so good. I'm going to put it all mm. in the links and everything below. And I think that even though it's taken us, nobody knows this, but viewers, it's taken us hours to get this going because of Zoom. <laughs> and I think this has been an outstanding interview. What do you reckon? I love it. I mean, you know, understand this, so people, Zoom is the weapon of Satan. Sorry, I had to slip that. <laughs> you see the way I did that like a preacher, right? <laughs> Wait, do you reckon I might take this video down? We've talked about politics. We've talked about people no, hiding. I, I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I, I, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. I would never say such a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Who would speak against politicians? Yeah. Not me. Not me. Not me, not me, not me. I am um, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good picture, actually. I might do that one tomorrow. I might, I might have to put That is a good picture. <laughs> right, before I stop recording, say goodbye to everyone. Bye, guys.